The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to the Friday edition of Brutal Nation, part two about Jerome Brudos. Jerry. Jerry, that's what we know him here as. That's right, the big J. I'm your host, the illustrious Scott Alexander. God, my nipples are so hard. I actually called uh, my friend Craig today on the phone. <clears throat> well, I'll introduce you, then I'll tell the story. Right across from me is the one, the only, Tammy Underwood. Say hi, Tam. Hi, everybody. <laughs> And so, my nipples are always hard. So I had a question for, for my buddy Craig. I like how you just fly over what I just said, but yeah, okay. Because I think about your mom's nipples only. I said my nipples are yeah, always I, hard. Yeah, I want, I want your mom's. Anyway, and uh, so he answers. He goes, hello, because he knows me. He knows it's me. And the first words out of my mouth is, you make my nipples so hard. And he goes, I've got a trainee in the truck. <laughs> and he had you on speakerphone? And I was on speaker. <laughs> I went, that's even better sexy. <laughs> you say, that's why Tammy doesn't put me on speakerphone at all. <clears throat> well, I didn't even know I was on, on speakerphone at this point, right? So him and I are talking back and forth. I go, so how's your trainee? I mean, is he okay or is he like a dipshit? And then I hear this laughing. He's all, you're on the, the speakerphone, dude. <laughs> Did you say, I need to start using my filters? No. <laughs> and I said, that's even better. I said, are you, are you a good guy or are you a dipshit? Just, just <laughs> Tell me the truth. Now. Is Craig going to have to get rid of you too? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're going to be giving you the boot here in like fucking like two minutes? What's happening with that shit? Just don't wreck the truck. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel bad about that, even though I wasn't involved. Okay, anyways... Jerry Brudos. Remember, he is our epitome fetish Friday because he was called the fetish killer, the lust killer, and the shoe fetish slayer. Right? What the heck? And, the freaking Mexicans. Oh, it sounded like my car for a minute. Anyways, and he had um, <coughs> had an issue where he had found a pair of high-heeled shoes at a dump when he was five, and his mom was like very... Oh, I remember now. Yeah, okay. very, very, like, that is evil and, you know, all that crap. No, it's Wicked. evil. But my son gave me and still being at the tail end of this bullshit. Oh, I thought you were going to say what was evil was that text he sent you about your girlfriend's underwear. <laughs> you going to die? You going to be all right? I feel like I'm fucking Do you dying. need mouth to mouth? Ghost, where are you? <laughs> I'm trained, CPR trained, by the way. I bet your mom is, too. <laughs> She's not licensed anymore, but she's still okay. trained. She can still put her mouth on mine, stick her tongue in my mouth. You don't stick your tongue in somebody's <laughs> mouth when you give CPR, Scott. She could. <laughs> I'm just saying, might not stop like, her. Like your character Jethro and his neighbor. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, with, with, with him and Bradley. <laughs> yep, that's what I thought of. Okay, so anyways, and now um, Jerry's down at the police station, you know, because they arrested him after they found some stuff in his garage. And um, we're going to get into his confession here in a minute. Um, in 1960, Alfred Hitchcock released his classic Psycho. It was loosely based on the life of Ed Gein. And at the time, the movie shocked the nation because it depicted a man who fatally stabbed the woman who he felt aroused him. You know, he was sexually attracted to her and then he slaughters her. 
Um, actually, he went. Ee, ee, ee. Um, actually, um, <laughs> and they use chocolate sauce. I can tell you something. Oh God, here we go. Few women that I've liked has taken a stabbing. <laughs> I was stabbing the cat. They probably want to stab you. <laughs> Meow. Shut up. In <laughs> he was in essence killing the part of himself that he deemed to be unacceptable because we all know Ed Gein thought sex was dirty because of what his mother taught him. So the character's multiple personality disorder with a cross-gendered manifestation was something audiences found to be very disturbing. Um, you know, because nobody had ever heard of anything like that until Alfred Hitchcock brought I'm, it to life. I'm trans-slender. <laughs> Explain. Well, I'm fat, but, you know, I self-identify as a skinny guy. I'm trans-slender. <laughs> No, you know what? I have been almost 500 pounds and still didn't think I was that big. Isn't that weird? That's a half a thousand pounds. I'm just That's saying. quarter of a ton, dude. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, that was a bad time in my life. You don't just get out of bed. They need a forklift and a crane for dude, your you ass. you've seen my pictures from back then. That was nuts. I did? Yeah, you go, who's the dude? <laughs> it sounds like some shit I might say. Yeah. You go, who's that dude? I said, I um, my ch- we me? both need new chairs. This one here gives me a cramp in the back this of my This one, I, ca- I can't lift it up. And when I do get it to go a little bit, I sit in it and it goes, dunk, dunk, dunk. Okay, we got to have a budget meeting after all this bullshit. Yeah, dude. After Christmas? Yeah, after 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 this year ends and I turn in all my tax shit, we're going to have a budget meeting. <laughs> Before you get, realize how much you have to pay? <sighs> Don't even get me started on that. You might not have to pay that much, though, considering... As long as it's under thirty grand, yeah, that's good. I'm tickled. <laughs> well, I'm not tickled because I, I they piss me off. If you I know, you have fucking... people going thirty grand. If it... to Scott, that's just you know chump ch- change. Nah, I'm not. No, I'm I'm poor. People, poor, poor. This is it's sad. We <laughs> holding a sign saying uh, we'll get blowjobs for food. <laughs> Free butt sex with every dollar, oh, like that yeah. guy up in Seattle <laughs> that I saw. That was hilarious. So, anyways, little did Oregon authorities know at that time, but less than ten years later, they would face something very similar in real life. However, the difference between the character from Psycho and Jerry was that Brudos didn't have the excuse of mental illness on his side. He just like killing people. Dude, he was a bizarre motherfucker. So as detectives listened to Brutus's as listened to Brutus provide details while he was admitting to his crimes, it was clear to them that he found tremendous enjoyment out of what he was telling them. He described the fetish he had for women's undergarments, the bras and panties. I got a fetish and, for your mom's undergarments. And shoes with So an, I can relate. And shoes with an unexplainable desire. Oh, yes. It was as if (sighs) passion for the fetish would somehow be contagious and he'd find a way to infect the detectives who were sitting in front of him. I'm already infected. He appeared to get increasingly excited as he described for them the things that satisfied his extreme desires around his fetish. Little did he know when he started talking, they wouldn't buy what he was trying so hard to sell. Um, they didn't catch the fetish fever, I guess. <laughs> I caught it. Now I'm thinking about uh, panties and certain ladies. Yeah, well, fuck off. <laughs> Brutus had killed four women between January of 1968 and April of 1969. Yeah. There were some newspaper articles that report he actually killed 
five women. However, when the law enforcement looked closer at the fifth victim's murder, they could they failed to link the modus operandi back to Brutus. And then Brutus was being inter- when he was being interrogated, he claims he didn't even know the woman, and he also admitted that he attacked and tried to kill many more. Okay. okay. Well, at least he admitted to it. Yeah. So, I mean, I was left wondering, did he really not kill this woman, or is that the one he wants to hold for himself? He might want to hold her close. You know what I mean? Because some killers do that. So keep in mind, the majority of what we now know about the encounters Brutus had with the victims actually come from his own confessions. The confessions he freely offered to the authorities over a three-day period, and his interrogators noted that Brutus didn't show any signs that he felt guilty or had any remorse when it came to his victims, which brutal. is common. Brutal Brutos. Yeah, brutal Brutos. Um, Brutos did indicate that he was upset about his fate, however, and was worried about his actions would affect his wife and children. They also noted that no matter how grotesque he was when he described what he had done, he never seemed to lose his appetite. He was just like mowing down on the food they gave him like it was nothing. Yeah, no, I'm, that's that's typical, though. Yeah, that is typical of a serial killer. Uh, especially they have a fetish no, killer. Yeah, they have no, like, empathy or anything. Right, you know, and as, you know, it, it after that first kill, it's, it seems, because I'm not a serial killer. No, but we are addic- we've been addicted, and I've heard it's similar. Yeah, and it's, you need more and more and more and more. That's why yeah. we, we've seen consistently that that cooling off period goes from, let's say, a year. Yeah. Down to... Two days. Down to <laughs> 10 months, to yeah. six oh, months, yeah. to all of a sudden, three or four times a week. Yeah, or every other day. Or, right. Yeah. It, it, it expands. Or like because, Coleman and Brown, every 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I was taking a puff. <laughs> when it came to the four known victims, Brutus, this is what he describes... Brutus admits that he not only killed them, but he also mutilated them in some fashion. That's right before he threw their lifeless bodies into the river. He cut some part of their body off of them. Which river was he using? The Willamette. It was the Willamette, okay. Or as some people not from here say, the Willamette. Yeah, the Willamette. Yeah, I've heard that one too. Every time I hear Willamette, I go, uh, no, dude, it's Willamette. I've heard people say Yakima is Yakima. And if people say Oregon, I go, no, it's Oregon. That's right. We don't live. She doesn't live in Oregon. No. However, there is an Oregon, Missouri. Just saying. Um, <laughs> let's see. Ba-ba-ba. With Linda Slauson, his first victim, he severed her left foot. Even after he disposed of the rest of her body, he kept the foot for some time. I'm wondering if he sucked the toes because he had a foot fetish. And that's part of a foot fetish is sucking toes. I am eating. I'm just wondering. Okay, but you know how I feel about feet. But but right now is the perfect time to talk about sucking some toes. Not what I'm eating. I'm just asking. For a friend. For me. Oh, (laughs) for me, Gabby. Yeah. Why are you standing up? Because I got that cramp. That's why we're going to have the budget meeting after this year ends. And Yeah, we need some very er, uh, what's ergon, ergodynamic chairs. Ergonomic. That's what I meant. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, now even after he, okay, I said that. While he had it, he would put various shoes on the foot while he photographed it. And suck the toes. Two of the other victims had their breasts cut off of them. 
that he even photographed them as he fornicated with their deceased bodies. Kinky and sucking toes. Yeah. Well, he's not the first one we know to be a necro. Um, Brutus talked about how Linda Slauson willingly followed him out back to his workshop, naively trying to sell him the encyclopedias. He said, come on back. And she was like, okay. She must have been a blonde. Oh, no. I didn't see the picture yet. Once she was inside the building, he knocked her unconscious when he struck her with a two-by-four. Um, while he, she was laying there on the floor, he strangled her to death. He even told the detectives that Darcy and his mother and his children were home at the time, and he had, he had a dead body just laying on the floor of his workshop. He even went back into the house and calmly urged his family to leave and go grab some dinner at a local fast food restaurant. Well, yeah, man, gotta get him out of the, out of the way. Because he's got, hungry. Yeah, you got work to do, man, and you're hungry. It's that, that's hungry work. Yeah. So um, this is the methods he used to kill each victim. When, with regards to the first murders committed by other serial killers, they employ the wisdom of either getting rid of their victim's body or leaving the area as fast as they can. Mm-hmm. You know, they usually kill and go. They don't take time to dump or pose or anything. And some of them leave a goddamn tube sock with the victim. <laughs> Which is fucking retarded. <laughs> if you're the tube sock killer that we've been that we've talked about, that we're still trying to figure out who it was. You can fuck yourself. You know what's really funny is every time we get a killer out of Washington, I think, okay, was he around that time? <laughs> um, you could choke on that tube sock because we hate you. I know who the tube sock killer was. Was it me, Lucas and Tool? <laughs> that that would have been like a can of Skull and a Budweiser or some <laughs> bullshit like that. Got the skull ring. <laughs> That's um, right. <laughs> let's see here. Uh, uh, it's not until later when their craft has developed more that they begin to experiment with the corpses. They take their time, especially because they never know if law enforcement, if they're going to get caught right away or whatever. So especially if that is part of the ritual, they need to satisfy their fetish. Okay. That was not the case when it came to Brudos's first kill. Apparently the first experience he had while murdering his first victims, Brutus was immensely pleased with himself. Nice. As soon as Linda was dead, he started imagining the things he could do with the body. He now had in his presence the real thing that didn't have to rely on his dark, obsessive fantasies. Um, oh, and he didn't have to rely. Sorry. Apparently, the secret images that he kept tuck away, tucked away in his mind had provided him with some sort of sophistication. It seemed that he was all. It was all the preparation Brutus required to take his time with the victim. He was going to finally live out a, in real time what he'd only been able to do in his darkest dreams up until that point. Now, um, during Brutus's interrogation, he told the detectives that when Linda came to his house, he was out in the yard already. As soon as he saw her, he told her a lie in the hope she would willingly go inside. And it must have worked because that's exactly what she did. He managed to get his family to agree to go somewhere to get dinner. And then actually, after he convinced the family to leave, a friend of his unexpectedly showed up. And he claims it took a bit of convincing, but he finally got his friend to leave. Um, Once Brutus was finally alone with Linda's dead body and... He took no time getting her clothes off of her. According to reports, he could recall in great detail, every detail, especially when it came to her underwear. 
He appeared as if he enjoyed the fact that the panties she had on were red. Um, Brutus then redressed her with clothing from the collection he had. And he sadly realized that there was no way for him to keep her in his workshop without being discovered. So he decided he would take off her left foot using a hacksaw. Once the foot was removed, he put it in his freezer, then drove the body down to the Willamette River. He wanted to make sure that her body wouldn't be found, so he knew he had to weigh it down with something quite heavy. And before he simply threw her over the edge of the bridge, he secured it to a car engine. Um, with Linda's entire body no longer in his possession, he returned home to enjoy the part of her he was still able to keep. Um, it was a physical reminder of his first real kill. And how much you loved sucking toes. A trophy he could take <laughs> out, admire, and play with at his leisure. Since he had a plethora of high-heeled shoes in his collection, he took each pair out and slipped them on the foot to try them on. Once he had a pair on that he liked, he'd take a picture. That's just so gross to me. Brutus did this every chance he could for as long as he could. However, the foot eventually began to deteriorate, obviously. When it was no longer in a pleasurable condition to play with, he nonchalantly fastened a weight to it and merely tossed it over the river like he had done her body, probably as he was driving by. Um, Let's see here. He told the detectives that he remembered Linda also had what looked like a class ring on her finger. Um, The thing that bothered the detectives the more Brutus talked about the murder was the way it seemed like the more time he spent describing every gruesome detail, the more arrogance he displayed. To them, it was almost as if the women he took pleasure in killing and mutilating were merely objects. Um, objects that he had a right to possess, and these women were objects that existed so that he could get pleasure from them. Which... Wait a minute. Women aren't? Objects of pleasure? That they're just here to... Okay, okay. Apparently I'm wrong. You cannot possess us. You can... (laughs) What's the word I'm looking for? Get pleasure from us. Upon consent. Mm, consenting with your mom. That is not going to happen. <laughs> I got a case of lube coming. Shut up, Scott Alexander. So Scott, I will whip out all four names. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You better be on your doorstep next week. <laughs> Shut up. The th- oh, wait. I already said that. Um, the fact that these women had lives that they were living and that they could have continued to live didn't even matter to him. Uh, the only thing that mattered to this man was whether ple- was whatever pleasure he could have. As with other serial killers, the pleasure he obtained from that first kill only lasted for so long. After it dissipated, he had to be he had to keep acquiring new victims in order to renew that pleasure. Since it had been over a year since Linda had been murdered and thrown into the river, the detective real the detectives realized they may never find her remains. Um. With this realization, because we have to remember, doesn't the Willamette lead into the Columbia that leads to the ocean? Yep. That's what I thought. Um, let's see. With this realization, they began to press Brutus to give them every detail he could about his next victim. 
Jan Whitney. Chances were, since she had only been missing for approximately six months, they might be able to recover her remains. Um, exactly as the authorities had predicted, Jan Whitney's car had broken down on the side of the road because she's the one he found at Albany rest stop. Remember that Albany rest stop that we know so well? Right, right, right. I'm the, the only one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know that one because uh, I've been there many a time. Yeah, me too. I've only been there once, actually. Many and many. I've driven by many times, but I don't like Your battery's stuff. fucked up? No, they're, I have it more in my pocket. Oh, do you have my batteries so I can give you your shitty ones back? I'm putting your batteries in my thing right now. Hold that thought. I. Why do you call my batteries shitty? They work. They don't fit right in mine. Oh, that's odd. They're the same size. Shut up, Scott. They might look like the same size, but apparently my hole's tighter. <laughs> Fucking sick fucker. That's not what he said. <laughs> what happened between me and that big biker is our business, and we yeah. didn't even need lube. My question is, is why did you feel the need to text me about it later? <laughs> text nothing. You got pictures. <laughs> I know. I, I didn't want, want to tell people that. I walked funny for days. I know you did. Not like a clown funny, but funny funny. You're so stupid. Not funny as in ha-ha. <laughs> Sling Blade, have you ever seen that? Uh, Probably, but I don't remember it. That's why I eat... That's literally why I eat my buttermilk biscuits with mustard, because it tastes so much better. <laughs> Let's see. Um, unfortunately for her, Brutus happened to be in the area and saw what was going on. According to him, when he encountered Jan, two other men um, that he described as hippies were with her. Um, that didn't keep him from stopping anyhow. As far as he was concerned, the sight of Jan was an opportunity for him to get the same pleasure he had experienced after killing Linda. Okay? Brutus planned to get as much enjoyment out of this opportunity as he could, so he played it out. Apparently, the two men had gotten a ride with Jan, but when the car broke down, they weren't willing to help her fix it. Because they're filthy hippies, man. They probably didn't know how. Ask uh, Eric Kurtman about them. Eric. From, South, from South Park. There's a whole episode about filthy hippies. I don't remember that episode. <laughs> I remember the, you must respect my authority. Yeah, everybody knows that As one. he's riding around on his little Hot Wheel. I like when he was dressed up like, uh, like Beth from Dog the Bounty Hunter with big boobs and everything. I love, Car- <laughs> I love Cartman, actually. There's one episode where they need to buy something off the internet. And Cartman goes, oh, you need a credit card number? Let's take my mom's American Express. And he, like, rattles off the number with the expiration <laughs> and the code and everything. And Stan's looking at him. He goes, what? That's not working? You need a visa? I got that, too. And my son goes, that is you, Mom. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, let's see. Brutus decided the best opportunity he had to get Jan in the vehicle with him was to also offer the men with her a ride. And candy. If you offer them candy, they get right into your van. That's another episode. <laughs> Seriously. Um, they accepted, and Brutus took the men where they needed to go and drop them off. With Jan in the car with him, he went back to his house. He told her he had to get some things, uh, and he asked her to wait in the car. He told her that he had to run in and tell his wife what he was doing. And that he was just going to take the young girl back to her car and help her fix it. And Jan did as he asked. Um, 
Brutus then told the detectives that he got out of the driver's seat, walked around the back of the car, and got in behind Jan in the back seat. That's the best place to be. Right once behind he, him. Shut up. Once he and was your in, mom's name's Jan. So I can relate. I can see I can see exactly. Okay, yeah. And the organ and Jan's and yeah. Are you done? And behind. My mom wasn't here in the 60s. <laughs> but she's here now. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to send her back to Iowa. I swear to God I will. Uh, once he was in the seat behind her, he asked her to close her eyes, and she did. And then he began to play some mind games with her. He didn't go into great detail on exactly what those games were. But when he told her to close her eyes, she did. When she, with her eyes closed, he took the seatbelt strap over her head and wrapped it around her neck. And back then, remember, we didn't have to wear seatbelts. Right. Yeah. I miss those days. He did this in such a fashion that she couldn't move in any way. And then he strangled her to death. Just right there in the car. See, during the 60s, it seems like women were really stupid. Like, uh, and I'm not, I'm not being sexist. I'm no. really not. It just seems like every time we turn around around that, uh, that era, 60s into the 70s, a guy could sit there and go, Hey, how's it going? I'm a serial killer. Want to come in my backyard with me? Okay. Well, they didn't even really have a term for serial killers back then. They called them sequential murders. Hey, I'm a maniac. You want to go check out my shed? Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Let's go, strange man with a machete. How do you feel about being strangled? Oh, fun. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Well, and that's a time of free love, though, too. Please try not to kill me. (laughs) I know you're not a killer, though, are you? Of course not. Okay, (laughs) let's go. I see dead bodies everywhere. Not my fault. Of course it isn't. I didn't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Nowadays, people, you want to come see my shed? They're like, "Uh, no, you're fucking creepy as fuck. Fuck off. Hitchhiking was very popular up until the early 90s. That is true. Now I can't even show my sexy legs and get a ride in. Every once in a while, you'll see a hitchhiker out on the road. And and the sad part is, is when I was younger and first started driving, I'd pick up hitchhikers too. I didn't care. Now I'm so goddamn afraid. Of, I watch so horror movies. Me too. And I'm afraid I'm going to get I've seen up. The Hitchhiker. <laughs> okay, go on with this guy because we got to wrap this up fairly quick. And I know. you got to get to bed because you got to get up early in the morning. Yeah, because I'm going out of town tomorrow. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Once Jan was dead, Brutus got back in the front seat and had sex with her corpse. Oh, well, hey, it's recycling. Yeah. yeah. After he was finished getting his sexual gratification, he carried her body out back to his workshop. Inside, he took some of the clothes out of his collection and dressed her in them and then took the pictures he needed to later remind him of what he had done. Brutus then decided he wanted to have sex with the body some more. And he did just that numerous times. See, numerous. At least he's recycling. He's not just. Yeah, at least he didn't go out after he dumped them out in the wilderness and have sex with them like the Green River guy did. Yeah. And what they say Ted Bundy did. Yeah, so, I, I, you know, he's keeping them right there. He's recycling them. Um, I'm okay with that. You're weird. <laughs> when Brutus decided he was able to, to gratify his sexual desires enough, he tied Jan's body up with some sort of nylon rope. Then he secured her to a vice that he used to raise it up using some sort of hook and pulley system he'd installed in the ceiling. And despite his mandate that nobody was to enter his workshop, he decided to take a risk. Brutus kept the corpse hanging from the ceiling for a few days. Oh, God damn. And check this out. 
even though this was only the second person he had killed, he was beginning to get a little cocky. As a matter of fact, while Bruto still had Jan hanging up in his workshop, he and his family went away for a couple days. You would think, even in the 60s, that somebody would went, sniff, 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 huh, I think something died over in there, especially if they're gone. My neighbors had something Yeah, because this over is there. S- springtime. Yeah. Even though it does stay kind of cold here in Oregon, it's rainy. I want to go get it, that whatever died in his shop out. You know, yeah. Let's help him out. Well, it's cold as fuck in my kitchen, and I smelled that dead mouse. It was disgusting. Shut up. Shut up. He just wanted to snuggle with Shut you. Shut up. That's, that just grossed me the fuck out. Gross. Right on your pillow with you? I used to have pet mice, here. but I never let them sleep with me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see, ba, ba, ba. went away for, okay, while they were gone, someone actually crashed their car into the side of this building. The crash had, was bad enough to leave a significant sized hole in the side of the workshop wall. Holy shit. And the hole was big enough that somebody just had to look through it and they would have been able to see the, the body inside. And nobody did. Uh, wait. However, nobody bothered to peer through the hole. Not even the cops when they came out to investigate the accident. And not even smelling the dead smell. No. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. Good, go- good going, coppers. Yeah. That's uh, that's awesome. Good job. You guys knocked it out of the park yeah. in the 60s. Well, Brutus told the detectives interrogating him, he said, quote, that was close. He made it sound as if he'd almost lost a game and not like he almost got caught with a dead body hanging in his workshop. When Brutus returned home with his family, he removed the body, and one would think that the smell of decomp would be permeating the air at that point. However, once Brutus took the body out of the workshop, he told the police to come out to the place and inspect the damage um, that was caused by the accident. Evidently, they didn't smell anything while they were there. The corpse wasn't even off the property. It was only wrapped in plastic sheet and hidden in a separate building not far away. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Once again, good job. Good job, Portland police. Or maybe it was, yeah, it was either Portland or like Lebanon area. That's fucking awesome. You guys knocked it out of the park with that yeah. one. That's some, good that's job, some good buddies. Fucking great detective work yeah. from the 60s. You know, uh, before Bruce got rid of her body, he decided to cut off her right breast. Now, at this point, she's already gone through quite a bit of decomp. Ew, moldy yeah. breast. He figured that was a better option than taking another foot. According to a quote he gave in an interview later, he said, I was going to make a plastic mold of it and then I could make paperweights. Apparently, he didn't do it right because the paperweight didn't turn out like he'd been hoping it would. And Brutos tried to do the same thing with one of his other victims, but he still couldn't get it to turn out the way he wanted. However, his wife did find what resembled a breast. Oh, okay. But I'm wondering if that was sufficient enough for him at the time. He probably wanted to hump it. Oh, God. You are so, like, titty fucker. Oh, yeah, my God. Oh, well, I can't yeah. believe I said that. You make two of them, you know, they're bookends or paperweights. They're a little stiff, a little spit determination. Oh, my God. A little bit of KY jelly, you're fine. In the same manner that Brutus had disposed of Linda's body, he secured Jan's body to a heavy automobile part. Then he took it to a bridge and threw it over the side down into the Willamette River. When the detective asked him where along the Willamette he'd thrown her body, Brutus flat out refused to tell him a specific location. That was like his secret. 
It appears Brutus was playing so, some sort of game with the investigators, similar to what we saw when we featured Israel Keys, which was decades after this case. Brutus revealed a lot of information. However, when it came to the finer details, he kept those to himself. Hmm. Maybe he was thinking if law enforcement didn't know everything, they couldn't convict him. In reality, the only thing that he was preventing was the authorities finding the bodies and the information he was giving them was way more than they needed to charge him for the crime. I can tell you why. It's actually, I had to write a paper about it. Did the you? most common cause is because it's something special to him, mm-hmm. and you're the only one who has preview, you know, to that part. Right, because his ritual was special to him. So nobody else can enjoy... Because in your head, people should enjoy the same things as you. No one else can enjoy that portion of what got you off. Oh, gotcha. Because then they might get excited, too, and share that that pleasure. Could, yeah. That's that's your private own little fantasy thingamajigger right there. I have a couple of those, but not in regards to killing people. It's about being fisted, isn't it? No, dude. (laughs) With Hulk hands. Oh, my God. No, that was you. Isn't that ass-fisting Sunday for you? That was just this morning. Oh, wow. You did it on a Wednesday. Proud oh, of yeah. You. I'm proud of you, Scott. You're venturing out there. Not stopped up anymore because they eat too much cheese. You make me want to go delete, delete, delete. <laughs> it doesn't look like your face as soon Dude, as I, I said that. I almost it here. was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to Karen Sprinker, his third victim, Brutus claims that he did, in fact, run into Karen Sprinker when she was on her way to meet up with her mother at Myron Frank. She was there, close, if not ready, in, if not already in the department store, in fact. In fact, she had almost made it to the meeting point, he said. According to him, he attempted to abduct a different woman that day, but that opportunity was missed. She was quick as quick can be. Yeah. So he decided that he would settle for Karen, despite the fact he didn't really care for the shoes she had on at the time. What a heathen, Karen, wearing nasty-ass shoes. I know, how dare she not wear appropriate shoes. Some people's kids. Yeah. To get Karen to cooperate, Brutus actually pulled a gun on her and forced her to get in his vehicle. Okay, remember when he tried that with the chick in the garage and she fought the shit out of him? Uh Uh-huh. She beat this. I mean, she bit that mother. I would have too. <laughs> Brutus took Karen to his house and raped her while she was still alive. One of the first ones. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, she was still alive. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, she was warm. After that, he made her put on clothes that he had picked out so she could pose for his sadistic photos. When he was done with this part of his sick ritual, he decided he would simply kill her. However, instead of strangling her like he did his other victims, he hung Karen by her neck from the hook he had rigged in his workshop. It's pretty easy to keep a body warm. You'd be amazing what you can do with 10 pounds of oatmeal. How would that work? Warm oatmeal. Oh, gotcha. I was thinking the, you know. No, not just the oats The dry shit. No, once you put it in a pot and warm it up, put it in a sack. It stays warm a I long love time. Oatmeal. Now you just ruined it for me. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. So do mice. But go ahead. <sighs> Once Karen was dead, Brutus continued to violate her corpse in the same way he did his other two victims. The body part he chose to remove from her was both of her breasts. 
and that's when he placed the oversized long line bra on her body. Remember, they found that bra in the paper oh, towels. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And in order to keep the blood from getting all over his car while he transported her body to the dump site, and to make sure she filled out the bra more, Bruto stuffed it with paper towels. That makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which is what the detectives were, you know, theorizing back right. then. I'm on board with that one. Yeah. So Linda Salee, uh, Brutus used a different ruse to abduct Linda. This time he flashed fake police credentials at her and said that he was going to arrest her for shoplifting if she didn't go with him. Once he had her in his workshop, Brutus tied her up and left her there while he went into the house and had dinner with his family. Yeah. Dude, he didn't even give a fuck. He had some chick tied up in, out in the workshop. And he's like, you know what? Time to eat, bitch. Which, you know, we've learned that he doesn't lose his appetite. And he's a big guy. Well, uh, in his defense, maybe his wife made an awesome lasagna. Could have been oh, lasagna night. lasagna. Or meatloaf night. And he's like, my it's dad. Looking, it's meatloaf night. <laughs> my dad, every time we went to the hospital, that's all he would eat was the meatloaf. Yeah, man. Hey, good meatloaf is a good fucking meatloaf. Yeah. Man. Um... Linda waited there for Brutus to return and didn't even make an effort to try to get out of her bindings. The only time Linda put up a struggle was when he wrapped a strap around her neck and attempted to strangle her to death. For some reason, I thought you were going to say a strap on. No, I don't know why. Because your mind is there. As she was dying, Brutus raped her. While she was dying, not after she was dead, not, you know. Hmm. He was in the process of killing her when he raped her. After he'd achieved sexual gratification and she had died, he stuck wires. Remember they found the holes on both sides of her rib cage? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He stuck wires into each side of her rib cage. And then he did this in an effort to, quote, make her dance by using an electrical current. Because remember, there were burns along mm-hmm. it. Yeah, according to him, this process didn't work out the way he had thought it would. And he wasn't satisfied with the result. Could you imagine... Like, at least she was dead before he did it. Oh, I thought, imagine being disappointed that he couldn't make her dance right. No, I was talking about what he did to her body. I mean, but like I said, I mean, my only consolation here is at least she wasn't alive when he did it. Yeah, true. You know, because having electrodes stuck in you and, you know, electricity shooting through your body, it's not a pleasant thing. No. I've touched electrical fences. I know. I peed on them. Was it fun for you? No, it isn't. <laughs> How, why did you do it? Just because or... You didn't, weren't thinking or you didn't know. I was pretty drunk. <laughs> oh, well, that explains everything. You That's, do a lot of things drunk, don't you? Most. Well, I saw a great meme once that was pro-alcohol because no good story ever starts with, so I was having a salad. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, after Brutus was done talking... On that June 2nd, 1969, the detectives placed him under arrest and charged him with first-degree murder. So far, they just charged him for one death, which is Karen Sprinker. That's when the authorities gathered everything they had to obtain a search warrant, an in-depth search warrant. After being booked in the county jail, Brutus called his wife and ordered her to get his collection of female clothing out of there before the cops got there. He told her he wanted her to just burn the entire stash. Uh, he thought he would. He had the upper hand. However, he wouldn't think this for very long. Darcy, who had always been so subservient to him, chose not to comply with his demands. Damn. Yeah. She's probably thinking, bitch, you're in jail. I'm done. Um, 
After obtaining the proper search warrant the cert- to search the entire property, the police took a team over to the residence. The team arrived and entered both Brutos's house and his workshop. They were trying to find anything they could that would link him to at least one murder, but they were hoping to link him to all four. They also wanted to find out what they could about the methods he used to commit the crimes. Little did they know that they would actually find what they would actually find would shock them even more than his confession. Um, The search team knew they would have to document the search. So they took pictures of everything they found before they removed it. The first thing that was removed was the hook and pulley system that Brutus had attached to the ceiling and used to suspend the corpses in the air. They located more nylon cord as well as a section of leather strap that they figured he may have used to kill the woman, women. And next, as they searched a shelf, the team found and removed the mold he had made to make the breast paperweight. Booby paperweights. I so want to get you some. They have some things on Wish that are like booby, you know, those squishy things that stress balls. They taste weird. You're not supposed to put them in your mouth. It says that right on the description. Oops. Nor are you supposed to put the little dink in your mouth, which is the penis. It's a dink in a mama. I'm saving that for your mama. Fucking disgusting. Um... When it came to Brutus's collection of clothing, they found a plethora of women's shoes in many different sizes. There were also several styles of bras, panties, girdles, and dress slips. Back in the day, remember, we wore dress slips. I hated those. They even managed to find all the photographs that Brutus told him he had taken. Even though some of the pictures were of him wearing women's underwear, the most disturbing ones were the pictures depicting images of him with all his victims. Um... One of the photos was taken of a woman. She had been suspended in the air by the hook and pulley, and there was what appeared to be a black hood of some sort placed over her head. Um, There was more pictures of a corpse, and each picture had her dressed in a different article of clothing from Brutus's collection. It That wasn't bad enough. The detectives noticed that after he had taken the photo, he cut the heads out of them, you know, like their faces and shit out of them. And this was done so that he didn't have to associate the body with an image, with a personal image. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, they were just anonymous photos of a female body to him at that point. That's just disturbing to me. It's not to me. That's typical. Well, it's typical, but it's still disturbing that somebody has that thought process. There was one picture among all of them that really caught their attention. It was this picture that pretty much guaranteed the prosecutors would get a guilty verdict if he went to trial. It was so incriminating, even the defense attorneys looked at it and said, yep, he's guilty. According to what Anne Rule stated in her book, this is what the photograph depicted, and I'm going to read it. A girl's body clothed in a black lace slip and panties with garters hung suspended from the ceiling. The the camera angled up up to her crotch reflected in a mirror on the floor in the lower corner of the photo there was a frozen image of a killer caught unaware in the mirror i probably oh. don't need to tell you that it was jerry himself i'm in shock i didn't i i, I thought there was going to be a twist i know I, right but really it was bill <laughs> yeah but really it was his wife no he was admiring the woman after he had recently murdered her i mean they 
from my understanding, and I have not seen the picture, and I probably don't want to, is he had this look of satisfaction on his face. You know? Which wonder, I can understand. I wonder if he was listening to the Stones. I can't get no... Then why would he have satisfaction on his face if he was talking about how he couldn't get it? Well, he finally tried and tried and tried. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Um... With everything the authorities found and removed from the premises, they had plenty of physical evidence they could use against Brutos. The detectives were also able to confirm with a survivor the exact details of a rape he had confessed him. Remember the neighbor that he broke into her house and raped her? And oh, took her shoes? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Brutos had confessed to the rape, and the woman was able to confirm what had been done to her. But this woman was not able to identify who had actually attacked her, and the woman also noticed after the attack that she was missing some of her underwear and a few pairs of shoes. So after collecting everything, it was up to the authorities and the prosecutors to move forward in the legal process. There were some reports that indicated the bodies of Linda Slauson and Jan Whitney had never been found. However, Anne Rule states in her book that Jan Whitney's remains were discovered sometime in the summer of 1970. Uh, despite this, the district attorney had enough evidence without those bodies to move the cases forward. With both the pictures and Brutus's confession, they had a, quote, body for evidence. Because he had pictures of everybody. Um, he made some attempts in court. Jerry Brutus went to court on June 4th, 1969 for his arraignment. It wasn't long after that when he was charged for the murders of Jan Whitney and Linda Salee, and Brutus decided to allow the attorney he had called when everything went down that Dale Drake to defend him. Shortly after the additional charges were filed, Jake brought George Roten, or Rotten, R-H-O-T-E-N. I think it's Roten. Rotten. Whatever. Rotten attorneys. <laughs> Damn fucking attorneys <laughs> brought him onto the defense team. Now the decision was made in part because Roten was known as a high powered criminal lawyer who specialized in like high profile crimes. Um, everyone fully expected Brutus's trial to be quite long and very involved, especially since the prosecution had so many witnesses on their list to testify and a large amount of physical evidence. I mean, it, I don't think they had tons like they did with Lake and Ying, but you know, it's possible. From the beginning, the defense team knew there was no way to defend him against their client's guilt. No way. For that reason, they decided to build their strategy around what? Scott, do you know? Do you know? Insanity. It's got to be insanity. Yep. His mental illness. Yeah. Duh. That's, yeah. That's, the only, that's the only option they have. Yeah. The only you know? one. They don't have any other options unless they want to plead guilty. Their best case scenario, because... I'm pretty sure that Oregon had capital punishment. Oh, yeah. we. Then, there's only been a short period of time when we did. Yeah. So that, I think that was that in point, the 80s or 90s. The best case that they can hope for, the best outcome, is life imprisonment. Oh, yeah. That is the best. Maybe, okay, maybe the best would actually be life in a mental institution. Yeah. But. It, That's if you got, you know, the They're insanity. not winning that motherfucker. No. And he might have been able to get away with a good, you know, life imprisonment or whatever, if he would have told them where the bo other bodies were dumped. Doubt it. You don't think so? No. You don't think the DA would have given him a lawyer sentence? No. No. <laughs> Instead of going for the death penalty? No. Look at the brutality. Oh, that's true. That's the thing that they're going to look at, the brutality. Yeah. Because, well, 
that came up in the Casey Anthony case. Remember, the DA uh-huh. decided he wouldn't go anything for anything less than first degree murder instead of putting second degree murder in there as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, and the jurors said that if they would have had the option of second degree murder or manslaughter, they would have found her guilty. Oh yeah. But they didn't think she was guilty of first degree murder. Whatever. I think she was, but well, okay. I know, right? Don't give your child Xanax. <laughs> no shit, man. Um, Benadryl. That's better than Xanax, right? That's right. Nanny Zanny. Tell you what, man. Benadryl. I never used Benadryl on my son, ever. I Benadryl the fuck out of Jake. No, nope. I didn't even use whiskey on his gums like some other people did me. I used cocaine on his on his gums, but I'm kidding, folks. I, I know you're kidding, but I, I cannot believe you said that on the air. <laughs> now the world knows how dumb you are. <laughs> you're so mean to me. I am? You're mean to yourself. I'm so sweet and innocent. Okay, so when it came time for Brutus to enter a plea, he obviously pled not guilty. However, since he considered himself to be a genius, we've seen that, he was reluctant when he actually pled not guilty by reason of sanity because he didn't think he was insane. He thought he had no <laughs> mental illness because he's smarter than everybody. He can't admit oh, he is. Oh, please tell he, me this asshole's dead. He's already uh, fucking dumbing well, me out. He knew by doing this he would have to forego many mental health assessments, assessments that would be conducted by both the prosecution and the defense, and he wasn't wrong. When it came time for Brutus to talk to the psychiatrist, he put on quite a show. He tried to whine and produce enough tears to convince him that his mother was horrible and he was just a victim of her cruelty. However, almost all, all most of them saw when he did this was a man that, quote, felt sorry for himself. Almost like with uh, Shawcross. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Try to produce the tears that they could never have. Brutus also told the evaluating professionals that he was in an accident in 1967. He claimed that he was repairing some kind of device when he came into contact with a live wire. When this happened, he supposedly was knocked down off his feet, and although he managed to survive the initial electrical shock, afterward he began to suffer from extreme headaches, which is what caused him to do what he did. A year later. Yeah, um... I need to call bullshit. Yeah, because what I think that if that had happened, he would have immediately shown a change like Bobby Long did. Yeah, that would have made sense. Because Bobby Long showed an immediate change when he was in the hospital. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Brutus also told the evaluating professionals that he was in an... Oh, I already said that. Um, it wasn't until after this accident that Brutus began to knock random women down in order to steal their clothes. I call bullshit on that, too. Yeah. Well, he might not have knocked them down, but he found opportunities to, you know, break in and steal their shit. Either way, he's victimizing people. Yeah. That's the thing, you know? Since you're giving me that but bullshit. But it's not his fault. Yeah, it's to- yeah, what a fucking piece of shit. That's like people who use the... And I'm sorry, I know, I know having an abusive childhood is traumatic. It's very life-altering. But at some point, when do we go from... It's what was done to me that it's what I'm choosing to do. That, and I've heard this excuse many a time, too. I'm, I'm going to alienate a bunch of white people. I don't know. I'm just a dumb redneck. That's what you're choosing. Yeah. That's your choice. Yeah. Because education's out there. Well, and not just that. I mean, because my nephew, my sister, unfortunately, 
made some bad choices when Are she was Are we talking raising. the rice burner? No. I'm talking about my older nephews, my sister's kids. Got you. Okay. Yeah. My oldest nephew, unfortunately, my sister made some bad choices when she was parenting them. And I'm not going to get into it because, it, you know, I'm not going to call her out on the air. But, you know, we've all made bad choices in, in life. Shut up. I'm not sleeping with her. <laughs> yeah. We all make Yet. bad choices in life. And unfortunately, hers affected her children. Um. And my oldest nephew, my youngest nephew on my sister's side has Down syndrome. So it's like they aren't affected the way you and I are usually. Right. You know, because they have this belief that, you know, no matter what's happening to them, it's not bad. Right. You know, I I will say this about because like when I was in high school, we've talked about this before. I uh, volunteered with a thing called the Interdependence Club, which uh, you go up to camp once a year. And and most of, you know, most people have um, obvious disabilities. And other people don't aren't disabled like me. I'm not disabled. Um. Down syndrome people are some of the best, happiest people. They, they, they are. All the time. Yeah. But, but. Don't piss them off. If you piss them off. They are strong as fuck. They have super retard strength. <laughs> they do. I mean, because my nephew is like, he's non-communicative. Because, I mean, he tries to talk, but you don't understand a word he's saying. Right. And he is like, he will get up in front of the TV when his adopted parents are watching like their televangelist shows and he's like up there preaching and he grabs his bible and he's just up there preaching but i have seen him mad before like the one time i took my son away from him when my son was a baby and we had to leave oh my god you'd have thought i was taking away a piece of candy dude i have seen people who i saw this one guy who was mentally retarded had downs and this dude kept picking on this was in high school man and I knew what was going to go down. Mm-hmm. And this kid had just had enough. And this dude was a big dude. Mm-hmm. Retard boy wasn't very big. Down syndrome kid. I was just saying, you know I hate that R word. He beat this guy like he was an old rug. <laughs> like he was a rag doll. He was. He kept on saying, leave me alone. I don't want to fight. And the guy's like, fuck you, retard. And pushing him and stuff like that. Finally, he just, un- like, it was like, enter the dragon, man. <laughs> and he just... Like Hulk smash? Yeah. (laughs) And he was part of the Interdependence Club, too. So I I went over to him. I think his name is Mike. Or Mikey. And Mikey, okay. I want to kill the motherfucker. And I'm like, God damn, no. Come on. (laughs) You got to calm down. I'm looking at this dude going, dude, get the fuck out of here. You need to go. You need need to to walk the fuck away. Because if if I'm not between you two, this guy's going to kill you. He's going to murder you. And guess what? He's going to get acquitted. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah. Because A, you brought it on your motherfucking self. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen strength like that before in my oh, life. Oh, they are. I mean, just yeah. He just released the fucking beast. He's the kraken. Release the like, kraken. I'm not sure. the, the first cut. The the first thing he did was slug this kid right in the fucking nose. Oh no! And I literally watched this. Okay, so Mike stood maybe five eight, five nine, small guy. Okay, this other dude's like six two, six three. Oh shit. And big, like you could tell this dude was, was built. Like he spent a lot of time in the gym. That first That's hit, I saw this motherfucker's nose just flatten. Holy fuck! Yeah, before I can get there, man. So did the did the uh, downstairs boy get in any trouble? Yeah, we we all went to the counselor's office. I'm explaining to the principal and everything like that. And his counselor, and this is what happened, man. He was picking on him and shit like that. And the kid told him, leave me alone. He kept saying, leave me alone. But that other kid was spitting teeth. I'm not kidding you. He, he lost wow. some fucking teeth. Beat the fuck. See, I would have liked to see that because I cannot stand when somebody picks on 
those with developmental or physical disabilities. I got to tell you one of the funniest things in the world. Okay. So with the Interdependence Club, I became a counselor for one year. Okay. And uh, there was one guy that was always in, because they separate you out in groups. It was always in my group. His name was Timmy. And I, I <laughs> like from South Park. I, it was amazing. This was before South Park, so it was amazing. <clears throat> and my my retards, I would I would look at him and go, okay, come on, retards. But I know no, you know I hate that word. Nobody else could call him retards. Like, okay, hey, those are your retards. You can't call us retards. What's Scott is retards? <laughs> so Timmy had a girlfriend. I can't remember what her name was, but that. <laughs> you told me the story, but go ahead. So, fine. I looked at him. And, hey, man, you and her aren't together. I'm, let's just call her Tina. Because I can't remember her name. <clears throat> yeah. No, she's retarded. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> Daddy, then I know that I got Down syndrome and I'm retarded, but she's retarded all the fucking time. <laughs> That's pretty bad when a retard's calling you a retard. Man, she's always retarded. <laughs> that is so sad. That was the funniest shit I've ever freaking heard in my that goddamn life. That is kind life. of funny, but it's like so sad. No, because I remember when some guy, an adult at the park called my nephew retarded. He goes, I don't want that retard near my kid. And I looked at him like, what the fuck did you say? And I had two oh, yeah. people holding me back while two guys went and beat the shit out of him. Yeah, I would have beat him. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. But no, it, it was fun uh, when, when I got to do it because there's different kinds of obstacle courses that you got to do. And the thing is, is you have to all do it as a group. Mm-hmm. So there's like even climbing exercises. You got people in wheelchairs that you got to get them up there. I've carried many a people on my back while climbing. Oh, yeah. Many a I many mean, a. No, I volunteered with Special Olympics when I was in high school, and it was some of the best times I've ever had. Oh, hell yeah, man. Did- I mean, because they get excited mm-hmm. when they cross the finish line. They don't care what place they're in. Oh, exactly, man. And we, we had just a blast, man. Mm-hmm. The, those were Scotty's retards. Well, see, and I agree. I don't agree with participation trophies. No. In real life. I mean, when it comes to mainstream. But when it comes to developmentally and especially disabled children, they need to know that they accomplished something. So if they cross that finish line, they deserve something. That's what I feel. I thought I was going to have to marry a retarded chick once. Didn't you? <laughs> you and I never got married. What the fuck's wrong with you? Fuck you! <laughs> Hold on. No, I but I have the ring. <laughs> I have that ring pop you gave me. <laughs> so is my sister. <laughs> Your your baby mama. <laughs> so during your week long stay up there, there's a dance, mm-hmm. and I'm just kind of I'm hanging out, I'm kind of doing my thing, talking to my friends, and here's my friends going, "Hey, Gloria over here has been eyeing you, and she wants to dance with you. She was hella retarded." So I'm I'm cool. I'm, I'm gonna go, hit you. I go, okay. I'll give her a dance. I, I can't dance worth shit, but you know what? Neither can she. It fucking works, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I can't do anything wrong. So we go for a little bit of a dance. Everything's good. And then she was stuck on me like fucking glue. <laughs> it was like I was no crow. She was stuck like glue. Oh, yes. <laughs> you couldn't shake the bitch. And then she whispered, I love you, Scotty. Was she swinging from your nut, Scotty? <laughs> she was trying. Yeah. Like she was fucking in love. And I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. Thanks, Gloria. And I'm like, you got to keep me the fuck away from her. Because, like, she wants me to marry her or something. So every meeting that we would have, because there was, like, four different schools involved, she boom, like, right next to me. That is so funny. I actually had to tell a girl I was seeing, you can't 
say that you're my girlfriend. That's mean. Why? Because there's a retarded chick there, Gloria, and she'll kill us both <laughs> because she's in love with me. And <laughs> and I had been cheating on her, and you're my mistress. <laughs> and the girl I was seeing at the time, Tiffany, laughs. Dad's like, I'd have laughed my ass thing. off at you too. The chick I was seeing was fucking awesome. She whispered. I think you and Scotty make a great cup. I'm, oh, my God, I'm going to kill this bitch. <laughs> you know what? I'd have said the same things. You could fuck yourself. How about I that? Would have, I would have so played into it. Right. You just don't even know. Okay, so can we wrap this one up? Or you yeah, still got no, more I'm to give almost or? done. Give me a minute. I want to take a shot. And it's my own fault. I start talking about yeah, Timmy and everything like that. Because, you know, she's retired all the okay, time. Okay, so then he raped that woman in her home. However, Bruto said he truly didn't want to rape her. He just couldn't help himself. He had no control over his actions. According to him, it wasn't long after that initial rape that he began to have fantasies of keeping the corpses of females stored in a freezer. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. man. Brutus figured he would then be able to dress them up in various items of clothing and pose them in whatever position he desired. If they're frozen, I'm trying whenever to figure he that had the urge to do so. Those who heard this surmise that he was basically just, he basically just wanted his own, quote, life-size doll. But how would you pose a frozen corpse? Kind of wondering that myself. So I'm thinking, like, yeah. I had Jake pull some chicken out of the freezer. Yeah, to, and I've seen, I've seen like beef carcasses and shit hanging in freezers, and yeah. you don't move, you can't move them. Not you have quite, to use a saw. They're not pliable. No, not at all. So I mean, he's I using can't, a lot of fucking oatmeal to warm them up. Yeah, and I look, I mean, I look at the movie Rocky, and man, his knuckles were bloody when he was hitting that beef carcass. Remember? Yeah. Cause, Fucking, it's, it's fucking frozen. Yeah. It's frozen. Yeah. And it wasn't until Brutus killed, after he killed Linda Slauson, his first victim, that he actually went out and purchased a large chest freezer. Okay? Because according to him, he kept her foot in his small fridge freezer. Have you noticed that I have a lay-down chest freezer? Over in the you corner? do, but it's not big enough for my body, so I'm not worried. Big enough for many bodies, but okay. But not mine, unless you chop. Never mind. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Processing yeah. and wrapping. Shut up. <laughs> to smoke later. Once he killed her, he had begun to live out his fantasy. He he had begun to live out his fantasy. Having the freezer meant he was prepared for the opportunity to kill another woman should ever should it ever present itself again. It was obvious Brutus liked to be completely in control. He was planning everything. Mm-hmm. Brutus even t- insisted that they sent. That if they sent him to a mental hospital to be treated, he knew he would get better. He told the psychiatrist that he was bound and determined that if this happened, he would get out and be allowed to raise his children again. It was obvious to the experts that he had no clue how serious his situation was. He knew. He just didn't give a fuck. See, that's what I was thinking. However, by no means was Brutus confused or disoriented. Yeah, no. He was just extremely arrogant, and he didn't have any remorse for his actions. Now... I have heard tell, and I believe it's true because we heard it with Craig Price, that these types of people who displayed that type of violence and shit, first thing, have no ability to rehabilitate. I agree, yeah. Yeah, because it's like deep in them, you know? You have to think of some of the main functions of the brain, okay? Right. Like in your, in your brain, we have portions that are responsible for empathy. Correct. And sympathy. Right. And... That's why if you're empathetic or you're not, they say a sociopath or a psychopath, if you yawn in front of them, they don't yawn back because they don't feel that empathy. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, for, for example, you know, with all of our joking and, and things like mm-hmm. that, you know, a normal response, like if you were to fall out of the, 
these shitty chairs that we're going to replace next year. After you laughed your ass off, you'd see if I was okay? No, if you if I knew you were seriously hurt and like you broke your leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would be like, oh, and I'd be like, holy fuck, okay, let's get this taken care of. And, you know, right. I would want to make you comfortable. As opposed to somebody who doesn't have that resource in their brain. Right. They're not going to, you're going to have to look, my leg's broken, motherfucker. Walk over here. Yeah. Look at my leg. Because they'd be looking at you like, why can't, why are you getting up? Yeah. Or, you know. And you're like, I'm in pain. They're like, ah, okay. Whatever. Yeah, fucking figure that shit slap out. Slap some mud on it. No. <laughs> That's what my dad used to do. <laughs> slap some mud on it. Walk it off. Yeah. His, the conclusion after being assessed by seven professional seven professional psychiatrists was that Brutus clearly had a personality disorder. However, however, he was very aware of his actions, and he was fully aware that they were wrong, which means he was not criminally insane. Um. However, they could in good conscience say he had an antisocial personality disorder and a paraphilic deviant nature. That's where they um, enjoy doing some kind of ritual torture. Uh-huh. Okay. I didn't know if you remembered. Yep, that I remembered. Okay. So if Brutus was exact, actually psychotic, not to be confused with psychopathic, he wouldn't be fully aware that what he had done to those women was illegal or wrong. He was absolutely a danger to society, and the experts did not feel that he could ever truly be rehabilitated. Ever. Can I, can, can I tell you why I think he knew what he was doing was wrong? Tell me. He didn't share it with his friends. He didn't share it with his family. He forbade anybody from going out. Well, he, he would forbid them from going out there even before he did this because that's where he had his stash and shit in his like dark secrets. And yeah. that's what I was going to bring up. He's got all of his dark secrets and everything mm-hmm. out there. That's where he's doing. He knew it was wrong. Yeah. I don't buy it for a fucking minute that he didn't know that it was wrong or didn't have the capacity. No. For it. He fucking knew. He would have been on the internet watching snuff porn if they had the internet back then. Mm-hmm. Like, totally. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, he probably would have submitted videos of him having sex with corpses, he too. He probably would have made snuff porn, honestly. Yeah. Um, he he knew it was wrong. He ch- he made the choices that he made knowing. Knowing what he was doing, yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> right. So after receiving the report from the experts, Brutus consulted with both of his attorneys, and they told him there was no way he would be found. He wouldn't be found guilty. Yeah, They're no like, shit. dude, there's no way. Therefore, to avoid the death penalty, Brutus changed his plea. He pled guilty to murdering Jan Whitney, Karen Sprinker, and Linda Slee in Marion County, Salem, which is in Oregon. Yeah. And the well, I was telling Since, people who didn't oh, know Salem is the capital of Oregon, by the way, boys and yeah. girls. Just you know, not Portland, Salem. Because uh, I've heard people say Portland. The judge sentenced him to serve three terms of life in prison running consecutively. However, he was granted the opportunity for parole. Okay? Now, when it came to the murder of Linda Linda Slauson, he was charged in Multnomah County, Portland, Oregon. However, the authorities weren't able to find her body, so the prosecution decided they weren't going to proceed with the case. They didn't want to risk him being acquitted on the off chance they ever located her remains. That makes sense. It does make sense. It's a good play. Yeah. Yeah. So if they did, um, if they did find her remains, they could charge him then. But if they found her remains after he was acquitted, that's double jeopardy. They can't do it. Right. So yeah. So I understood that. Now, as far as Darcy. Not long after Brutus entered his guilty pleas and he received his sentence, the authorities made a decision. They brought Darcy, Brutus's wife, in and arrested her. 
Oh. They charged her with being her husband's accomplice. When they interviewed the neighbors of Brutus, one woman claimed she had witnessed Darcy help Brutus with one of the victims. Oh. However, wow. Yeah. Well, if you saw her helping him, why didn't you fucking call the police when you saw it? Hey, man. Don't, you know, mind your business. That's, that's probably what it was. So I'm going to mind my business. Yeah. This However, when shit. she gave her testimony later, it was discredited. Oh, okay. They proved that she didn't see shit. <laughs> With no other evidence to support the charges, Darcy Brutus was acquitted. Even though they couldn't prove she participated in the in Brutus's crimes, um, many have long held that she at least knew about them. Um, after eight years of marriage, she formally divorced her husband in 1970. Once she was free of him, she legally changed her name, took the children, and relocated, and she never told anybody where she was going. Or what her name was, which I understand. Yeah, you know, totally. Because Brutus's crime back in the seventies was national publicity because he was like one of the first serial killers. Um, that was, you know, after they had a term for it. Everybody had this, has assumed that Darcy simply wanted to put the whole terrible ordeal behind her. She probably could have gotten past Brutus's habit of cross-dressing, despite how disturbing people of that era thought it was. However, it's likely Darcy will never forget the inadvertent discovery she had made that day she found the breast paperweight. And in Anne Rule's book, she even claims that Darcy, too, was a victim, which I kind of agree with. I mean, considering as soon as they got married, he made her stay naked every time she was at home. I don't see anything wrong with that. Oh, my God. Hey, man, naked's hot. It is, but some women aren't comfortable being that way all the time. Like, I, I'm going to say my second ex-wife, who was fucking amazingly hot. If she was naked all the time, that would have been bomb. That would have been totally bomb. I had her naked a lot, though. So <laughs> Nobody needs to know this. And she's probably going to sue us for you talking about it. I haven't even mentioned her name. But she knows who she is. Doesn't matter. It's not, it's not uh, an inflammatory statement. This is true. You're saying she was bomb. However, yeah, I guess you're right. And I didn't say that her name was yeah. Amanda. Anyways, Brutos ended up filing a petition with the Oregon Court of Appeals requesting a rehearing. In August of 1970, the court's opinion in response to the petition was published. Attorney, I don't want to say this name, Gary Babcock, <laughs> filed the brief with the courts on Brutos's behalf. In the brief, Brutos insists that the court never should have allowed or accepted his plea of guilty in regards to all three counts of first-degree murder. As such, they never should have sentenced him to serve three consecutive life sentences. He's saying that that was wrong because he should have just had one life sentence, but he committed um, three fucking murders. He can say that all he wants, too. Right. He, you're, I don't know if he's alive or not because you haven't gotten there, but if you are alive and you are listening to this, you're a dumb fuck. You committed three goddamn murders. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. According to the attorney, though, if a person receives a sentence of life in prison on one charge, every life sentence imposed after that must run concurrently, which is together. I don't agree with yeah. that statement. Okay. Uh. I mean, although I've wondered, always wondered how they impose the consecutive life sentences, but whatever. According to the appeals court, in their response, Bruto's first claim regarding an error would not be considered on a direct appeal. As such, the defendant needed to use the, quote, appropriate legislative framework to present the grounds he had for them to set aside any of the guilt, his guilty pleas. In other words, they completely denied his appeal. They said, nope. After that, Brutus had attorneys file more appeals. Each one of those was denied as well. They 
even denied the appeal, which <laughs> filed, which stated Brutos was supping, suffering from a hypoglycemic event when he offered the court his guilty plea. Okay. As a diabetic, and then, okay, so Saul plays in. How you become diabetic in my family isn't just from being fat. As we all start off as hypoglycemic. Right. And we do get a little testy. You get but testicles? I'm fairly sure that you weren't having a single hypoglycemic event just at the precise moment you entered your plate. Yeah. You dumbass. Yeah. I mean, isn't hypoglycemia the low blood sugar? That's, yeah, consistently yeah. low. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't have it consistently low, but there are sometimes when my blood sugar dips so suddenly mm-hmm. that I was literally, this is back when I did go to Walmart with my friend, I was walking through Walmart and I literally almost passed out. I had to grab the cart because I was like, you know, but yeah, it's crazy feeling. Yeah, it's, just, it's based on how your insulin receptors work. Oh, okay. So according to the... Oh, I already. Well, and said how it. much how much humulin your your pancreas emits? Oh, okay. Yeah, because I I've never been um, diabetic or pre diabetic, but I've had those episodes. Oh, I'm so. diabetic and I love it. It's just such a fucking well, joy. Well, and my doctor. Well, then I had that surgery too, but um, which means I probably won't ever be diabetic. But even before that, my doctors have said because I like I said I was almost 500 pounds. My doctor said, "How come you're not diabetic?" I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I can't answer that. It's like, you're the doctor, motherfucker. I know, right? If I answer it, you give me 30 bucks. That's the copay. Yeah. So every once in a while, Brutos, who was Oregon's longest held prison inmate ever, uh, came up for parole because he was under old guidelines. Um, Whenever a new parole hearing was set, the parole board would receive numerous letters from a lot of Oregon residents actually requesting that they never allow the man to leave prison. Agreed. Because every time he came up for a parole, it was announced on the news. Good. And I remember that even up until recent times. Um, However, Brutus would always plead with them to release him. He would claim that he was not a threat to society anymore because he didn't truly commit any murders. Brutus also made a valiant effort to mitigate any crimes he did commit. To do this, he would tell the parole board what he told the psychological experts prior to his guilty pleas. He only committed crimes because he was a victim of the abuse and neglect he suffered at the hands of his mother. When the parole board didn't believe he committed murder as a result of the way his mother treated him, Brutus tried a different approach. That's when he said he had experienced several blackouts during the time of his murder spree. During the blackouts, he indicated that, quote, the world had seemed increasingly less real to him. Dude, he is just grasping at straws. No shit. Okay, here's a here's the thing for our future serial killers. If you're gonna lie, and you're gonna lie, that's we we can all agree Stick on to that. It. Stick to the same fucking lie. Yeah, you don't change your around, story if they don't believe you. Yeah, don't fucking change it. Stick to the same thing because yeah. then uh, if you if you start jumping around, you just you sound and look stupid. Okay, and you're already dumb enough to get caught. Don't look more dumb. Yeah, dumbener. Yeah. When he was up for parole in 1995 and he went to the parole board, the board voted unanimously that Brutus be kept in prison for the remainder of his life. However, here's a catch. However, every two years, he still filed his petitions for parole. Every two years, Brutus was hopeful as he was the first time the board would finally grant his release. By the time he was 66 years old, it had been 10 years since the 1995 hearing, and he had submitted a petition and appeared in front of the parole board five more times. 
Each time he would argue they release him for his own mental stability, yet each time he never said he regretted what he had done or displaced remorse on any level. Which, if he were truly reformed, he would have done that. Exactly. And that might have been a clue to them, okay, maybe he is working on it, and he, you know, maybe in a couple of years we will let him out. But if you don't say you're fucking sorry, you know. I'm not sorry for my crimes because because of the abuse that I take from you. It makes me do horrible things. Like what? Well, I tripped two grannies. <laughs> no, you didn't. I peed on some kids. No, you didn't. And I may have pooped on somebody's ice cream cone. <laughs> I believe that part. And it's all your fault. It's chocolate. I you, promise. You made me do it. I did? Because you the, the excessive abuse that I have suffered at your hands. We haven't even known each other a full year yet. You haven't, I have not indoctrinated you with my abuse regimen. Oh, no. I am fully abused because I am constantly being shot down from being able to spend alone time with your mom. I knew you were going to go there because you have brought this up before. And your best friend won't show me pictures of Ah, the inverted. Don't say it. Not on the air. Okay. (laughs) You still abuse me all the time. I do. I admit it. But then. I suffer abuse from you. There was an. I'm art- an angel. Yeah, whatever. There was an article released by the Associated Press after one of Brutus's parole hearings, and it stated, "quote Brutus still refused Thursday to say he why he killed, contending that he would that he would be in danger if he did. He told board members that he was ready to join society. That in more than thirty years at Oregon State Penitentiary, he had availed himself of every possible rehabilitation program for sex offending murderers. The article then quoted Brutus when he said, "Quote: I think I've got a whole new personality." The reporter for the Oregon a reporter for the Oregonian responded to this article and to Brutus's claim that he won't kill again by saying, "Quote." But he won't say why. Yeah. Yeah. The Associated Press article also talked about a woman who had gone to the prison for a tour. At some point during the tour, she encountered Brutus and he took her hand into his. According to the newspaper report, the young woman felt as if something was off by the way he looked at her. Um, She felt uneasy, so she jerked her hand out of his. And when she was talking to the reporter, she said the whole encounter, quote, chilled her. And the article ends by saying, quote, humans have an instinct and it's important to heed it. Lives depend on it, which is true. Mm -hmm. I mean, I constant, I mean, and this may sound weird, but I constantly follow my, my dog's lead constantly. It's because ghost is a genius. Well, and ghost has only been like um, assertive towards a couple of people. Because he's a ghosty poo. Yeah, because he loves everybody. Um, Brutus claims that since the media was present during his hearings, his parole hearings, he felt if he were to divulge anything during his hearing in front of them, his life would be in danger. The Corvallis Gazette Times quoted him as saying, excuse me, oh my God, I burped, excuse me, I didn't mean to do that. Hog. No, it just came up and I tried to get away. You're now notorious. I know, notorious. P-I-G. H-O-G. These people... Here, he says, quote, these people here will get me killed. He honestly believed that the media would release the information regarding his crimes he committed three decades prior. 
Brutus indicated any media attention drawn to him and his crimes would inspire the current inmates to react in violence toward him. Okay, he raped and killed women, obviously. That is not highly looked upon in prison, especially rape. In August of 2003, Brutus faced the parole board again. As, and as they had done numerous times in the past, they again denied his petition for release. That time, they only interviewed him for 30 minutes before they said, nope, we're done. You're not getting any out of here. They said it, that it was not necessary to hold a full hearing. It's not necessary. Well, especially yeah, no. when they already said back in 1995, you're nev- we're never going to grant you release. And given that he's got a history of not actually saying, hey, I have remorse for what I did. He has no remorse. Exactly. The parole board said at that time, quote, a man who could mutilate and murder five young women, because that's back when they thought he had still killed that fifth one, was not a likely candidate for responsible citizenship, especially especially since he did it all without ever alerting his wife to the de- devious acts he performed inside his home-based workshop. Correct. You know, he hid it from everybody. Um, in Peter Vronkowski's book, he claims that, quote, Brutus is considered a model inmate, denies his crimes, and walks around the prison unsupervised. Which, granted, after you've been there a while and you've displayed certain behaviors... They begin, you begin to have more freedoms. And there's a reason for that because they got bigger fucking fish to fry. Yeah, they have other people that are slicing other people up in the yard. And and, and I figured that out when, when I was on probation. Uh-huh. Um, so because I, I was uh, originally charged with a felony mm-hmm. and then they reduced it down to a class misdemeanor. four misdemeanor. Right. And so I had to call my parole officer, my, my, not my parole, my probation officer. Right. And so I call and he calls me back and he goes, look, here's the deal, man. I have a huge caseload. Mm-hmm. You've got no criminal background. Mm-hmm. You are honestly, Mr. Alexander, the least of my worries. Right. So you don't need to call me. You don't need to check in with me. Don't get arrested. Yeah. As long as you don't have police contact or get arrested, you're fine. Yeah. He goes, if you have questions, mm-hmm. you can call me, but don't bu- basically he said, don't bother me. Yeah. You know, um, exactly. Well, see, I was uh, I was supposed to have five years of post prison supervision, which is parole, which is stricter. And after a year and a half, my parole officer said, you know what? I'm done. No more fees. You're doing good. You know, just don't get in trouble. Yeah, because they have huge caseloads. Yeah. And I remember one time I got pulled over and was scared to death. I'd go back to prison for it. He goes, it was not you didn't even get cited. You're fine. Yeah, you know, you got to figure prison guards and shit got bigger fish. They got bigger yeah. fish to fry. They're they're looking at other people going, okay, look, Bill over here is a piece of shit. Yeah, they have drug dealers inside. Yeah, he's yeah. getting into trouble. He wants to shank somebody. We need to watch him. Yeah. You know, Jerry over here, he's been in here for a while. He kind of knows what, what's going on. He kind of keeps to himself. He, keeps he himself. does what he's supposed Go to. Go do your fucking thing and just stay out of our way. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I remember I was that way. I mean, I got away with a lot. A lot, a lot. Um, Let's see here. At OSP, Brutus became somewhat of a whiz when it came to the computers when they got them, especially considering they weren't even around when he was arrested for his crimes. Uh, The prison also had a store, I don't know if they still do, where they sold items to the public. I know they did as, as late as 2000, I mean 1998. So some of which had been made by the inmates. In that store, prison officials allowed Brutus to sell the leather keychains he had made and had his name engraved on them. Mm. According to a 1988 
update for Anne Rule's book, she indicates that Sharon Wood, the victim in the parking garage, um, actually went down and purchased one of those keychains. Apparently, according to her, she wanted a reminder of her ordeal and a symbol for assisting with her work and empowering women to defend themselves against physical attack. Okay. You know? So in August of 2004, Brutus was up, I mean, 2005, Brutus was up for parole again. Even though it had been almost four decades since his conviction, the community still expressed their outrage over his crimes. That's why his petition for release was once again denied. For those who are wondering why they still allow him to petition the parole board for release, the answer is simple in terms of the law. Prior to 1990, um, anyone just sentenced in the state of Oregon for a crime, except for, it, except for any life without the possibility of parole or the death penalty, was subject to sentencing under, quote, the old guidelines. In that antiquated system, an inmate in the Oregon penal system was legally allowed to petition the parole board and be granted a hearing every other year. Despite the parole's, parole board's decision during any of those hearings, the inmate was entitled to them every time. That is until which time they are granted release back into society or they are released in a pine box. According to Eric Hickey in his... Shut up. In his 1998 book, Serial Murders and Their Victims, he says of Brutos, he, quote, he has adjusted to prison life and has turned his energies to his personal computer and printer, which makes life in a cell much more meaningful. Um, it's no doubt that given the opportunity, Brutos would figure out every possible angle and exploit every possibility available to him in an effort to get out of prison. He would continue to do this for as long as he was drawing breath. That's the quote. Um, on March 28, 2006, Jerome Jerry Brutos was 67 years old when his three life sentences were over. He had been incarcerated for nearly 37 years inside the Oregon State Penitentiary, making him the longest held inmate in Oregon history at that time. I think he still is. Um, but I know somebody who's coming up close yet. He was allowed to leave his confinement, albeit he was the one that left in the pine box. He died of natural causes. According to our report in, a Salem News, in the Salem News, Anne Rule, the only author to ever write a, a, a what's it called, a authorized biography on him, mm-hmm. um, made a prediction of sorts. Back when he pled guilty to murdering Jan Whitney, Karen Sprinker, and Linda Slee back in 1969, she actually said he would remain in prison for around 36 years. Oh, damn. Yeah. In the numerous times Brutus faced the parole board, he remained hopeful they would grant his release. Each time he claimed that his good behavior in prison meant that he should no longer be considered a danger to society. Yet at the same time, at each hearing, he never once displayed an ounce of remorse. However, each time he would offer a different excuse for his actions back in the 60s. Some included, one, he had committed such sadistic crimes because his mom abused him. We covered that. He didn't commit the crimes. He was never guilty. Somebody else did it. And quote me. I know. And then another one was killing the woman was a way for him to relieve the stress he had been feeling, which I believe. Okay. However, it's not an excuse for getting away with it. It isn't. But I don't even. Actually, I don't even believe that because he liked to cross dress and he liked to dress up his victims as well. I don't think that was really a stress relief deal. No, I don't think so. I think it was sexual gratification. Yeah, that's sexual gratification. Yeah. So. so official reports stated that Brutus was found unresponsive 
in his cell on the morning of March 28th of 2006, I believe. Yeah. And um, he was declared dead at approximately 5, 10 a.m., which that's around the time they wake up for Chow is 5 a.m. Oh, okay. And if, yeah, between 4.30 and 5. Unofficial reports state that for the week prior to his death, Brutus was receiving treatment in the prison infirmary because he had been diagnosed with colon cancer. However, that was never confirmed. And I end this by saying, I can only hope the cancer was caused by unnatural reasons. If you catch my drift. (laughs) Yeah. Unnatural reasons. Some people might need help with that, but no, he had some, I was hoping he had some backdoor action. Very little spit, a whole lot of determination. Dude, I'm telling you, he just, every time, I mean, as I was, because like I said, I knew about his crimes. I just didn't know the extent of them. Right. Because living here in Oregon, you hear these things. Every time he came up for parole, it was on the fucking news. Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. You know, um, I know people who have been incarcerated with him. So it's like, but even back then when, you know, I don't know, when I always liked the bad guy, you know, the bad bit, bad boy. Yeah. You know, because I really have a thing for older men and bad boys. Just saying. That's me. If they're Chow older wow. and bad. I, yeah, you are a couple years older than me. I don't need to see your nipples, Scott. Thank you for not taking over your shirt this time. Between No, between you and your son, <laughs> I don't need to see man boobs. But um, even seeing his pictures come across the TV screen. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. You want me to do that? No, not really. Okay, then. Be terrifying. Put it back. Um. Even when I'd see pictures across a TV screen, and if you see his picture online, he just has this, I don't know, you get a vibe from it. You know what I mean? Like when I look at pictures of Cesar Barone, I, I mean, I don't see a smile. I see a man trying to smile or giving the appearance that he's smiling. You know? I can, I can dig that because, like, seriously, even now when I look at pictures of Patrick Kearney, mm-hmm. um, which I haven't gotten a new letter from him, but mail's been slow because holidays which kind of makes me sad i know we got to get him a christmas card i was thinking the same thing i need to send my pa out and yeah get some christmas cards but yeah uh, i'll go out and get it don't thank worry you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh i don't see a maniac no i see well, yeah because when you I look at Patrick. his pictures i mean there's you see that I hate to say sparkle, but that's what it is. Yeah. Life in their eyes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because with Caesar Bernie, you don't see that. You don't... When he smiled and his smile... I mean, he had big smiles, but it didn't reach his eyes. Then again, I'm I'm biased. You are. Because I... that He's my man crush. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, if I, if I jump the fence and become gay, it would be fucking Patrick Kearney. I, that would but, be the one to turn you? I Yeah, 100%. You'd give up pussy for him? Probably, yeah. Wow, that's no, I doubt lot. it because I fucking I love vagina too so, much. So, have you thought about asking him for a picture? I'm going to the, the, the next uh, yeah thing. I'm gonna say, hey man, can I get a picture of you? Because yeah, because I sent you some of me. Can I get? Maybe he might send you one. You never know. I still want to get that interview with him because I want I a picture of me and him together, together, and I'm gonna put it up on my wall. Yeah, I'll let you go to the first visit by yourself because you know you need that alone time with your man. Yes, I. But do. after that, I'd like to meet him too. Just honestly. like today when we were talking about, I can't remember what we were talking about. Uh, People getting married in prison. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And you had you had said, and then Patrick Kearney right out of my mouth was, "He's mine, bitch." I know, because I was like, "I'd marry Pat," and I said, "I might marry," because we were talking about 
serial killer groupies. Right. Yeah. And I was saying something. I said, you know, I might marry somebody. What if Patrick? You said, he's mine, bitch. I'm like, I am so sorry. Right, man. And they allow same-sex marriages now. <laughs> no, I, I like him as a person, man. I, I, yeah. I'm just, I'm disappointed that the male hasn't dropped off his Well, No, letter. and this is how I feel about it. And people can judge me all they want to. And I've even mentioned this in the other letter that, you know, that we're working on, you know. Is that despite what people have done in their past, that doesn't mean you can't get to know them or whatever, you know, because we are, I mean, you, it's not like their past doesn't matter because your past shapes who you are now. Right. However, you can learn from your past and not continue that behavior, or you can be like, you know what, I might, I'm going to learn from my past and continue it only do better. Right. And there's a difference. I don't think with Patrick that, especially at this stage of his life, that the that the killing is something that's on his mind that he would ever do again. No, I don't either. And, and I think in his letters, there's a <laughs> point where, you know, because he's talked about stuff like that. I mean, not like that specifically, but things he has done in right. there. I think there was a point in there, and I can discuss it with you off the air, where that turned. Yes, definitely. You've seen it too? You saw it too? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure I know where you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. 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 Um, I, like I said, I, I see him just as a person. Yeah. That's, Me too. He's a person that made a horrible, a horrible mistake, mistake and made some horrible choices. But, I mean, I look at it this way, too, is I made horrible choices. Would I want people to still judge me today? And I don't. Oh, I judge you. I, I judge know you, you do. Like no I still have. I mean, I even have people from my past that continue to judge me, you know, because to them, even though I haven't used meth or anything since December 18th of 1993, which is going on 28 years here in a couple minutes, a couple days, um, I'm still just nothing but a worthless meth junkie. No, I just judge you because you won't let me and your mom hook up. What does that have to do with my past? I've been been on your past. The abuse I suffered as a child? Yes, exactly. (laughs) The abuse I suffered as a child traumatized me enough that I do not want you to come near my mother. (laughs) Just saying. No, you know what I mean? Because I don't like to be judged by my past because I have a bad past. Right. And you don't like to be judged by your past. So why would we judge other people by their past? Exactly. And the law isn't, I mean, the law is black and white and life isn't. Mm -hmm. So. I agree. But, so I'm done. Fantastic. Now I can go to bed so I can go leave town tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, I got to finish scheduling our episodes for the rest of the week, but I'll do that before I head out. Groovy, groovy. All right. Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. He's so happy to be here. I'm, I, I I got so many kisses from ghosts. Oh, I know. I, he, is, he was so happy when I let him come outside. While you guys are, li- are listening to, uh, to Squatch over here, Tammy, uh, do her little thing about Brunos. I was Brunos. over I was over here getting hugs and kisses from, from my buddy Ghost. Yeah, he's just a big old love muffin. Check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. Click on that Amazon link. It helps out the show. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It's just a nice thing to do. Check out Patreon. We yeah. got we got all kinds of levels in there. Yeah, th- well, and there's a poll in there right now. I'm going to try to post more fun <laughs> stuff in there to get more in, you know. So just, you know, go to Patreon, search Brutal Nation. And, I mean, I'm even going to say it. If you don't want to become a patron right away, you know, everybody has their thing right now. 
Mm-hmm. But participate in the polls. Participate, interact with us. Just oh, so we totally. know you're listening and, you know, try to get your feedback and everything. So. Right, right. You guys can actually help us create the show. Yeah. You know, better and better and better. Exactly. It's a big family it's your, thing. It's your show as well as ours. We're just here to do your bidding. <laughs> I'm just a dancing fucking monkey. That's all I am. I know you are. My <laughs> flying monkey. All I need is an organ grinder and a fez. No. Yeah, a fez. And you just need to go, hey. Like the flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz. Pretty much what I do every morning mm-hmm. anyway when I'm on the toilet. I didn't need to know that. I'm going to take, I'm gonna take I am more s- pictures. I was going to say, you haven't sent me. You, I used to get one poop pick a day. I'm going to start sending them again. I'm just waiting. I'm biding my time. Yeah, I used to get a poop pick in a story every day. <laughs> it got. To, I mean, at first it was like, that is so disturbing. But then it got to a point where it was like, oh, that's so touching. <laughs> yeah, that's how demented I am. That's Jesus how traumatized Christ. I've become. I've become indoctrinated with this. Yeah. Look for our blogs wherever you get your blogs from. Preferably from Medium because I like them the best anyway. Yeah, and they're very and they are very user friendly. Very. Yes. Yeah. Like them a lot. All right, this show's copyrighted 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.